Hello and welcome to Thanks for the Knowledge, the weekly fanbyte news show, rounding up the headlines in games and entertainment in one handy podcast. I am your host, John Warren. This week, I sat down with our very own podcast producer, Jordan Mallory, and had a frank and fun conversation about Texas. You won't want to miss it. It really went some places, and I think it is a really uh, enlightening and at times frustrating conversation about the state of the world. But first, we have to talk about this week's top story. This week, Nintendo revealed a bunch of new indie games in a 20-minute showcase, and it's probably worth telling you about them. So let's do that. Ollie Ollie World is the next skateboarding game from Roll7, which takes the simple formula established in Ollie Ollie and Ollie Ollie 2 and adds things like multiple paths through levels, NPCs, side quests, and a perfect pastel palette. You'll, of course, be able to perform wild tricks on a skateboard as well. It'll be out this winter. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge got a new gameplay trailer and also the news that T. Lopez, who worked on the soundtrack for Streets of Rage 4 and Sonic Mania, is composing the music for the Turtle Boys who don't cut him no slack. Getsu Fumaden Undying Moon is a platformer roguelike from publisher Konami. I'll repeat that. Konami is publishing an indie game. Doesn't make sense to me either. We've totally lost the plot on what indie means. Indie means nothing now. Don't worry about it. Just roll with it. Indie has lost all meaning. It's fine. Just don't think about it. Indie is just indie. Don't think about it. Okay, let's move on. Uh, Fez, the poster child for the independent games movement that exploded onto the scene in the early 2010s, is out now for Nintendo Switch in a total surprise move. It won a bunch of awards when it came out, and you'll need a notepad and pen to unlock this game's secrets. Really, it's wild. If you haven't played it, I recommend going in blind. And finally, Oxenfree 2 Lost Signals was the big announcement to wrap up the showcase. Night School's next game after 2019's After Party will continue the supernatural mystery established in the original Oxenfree, though it's unclear if it's a direct sequel to the events of that game. Hey, has anyone pointed out yet that there uh, was a game called Ollie Ollie announced and then also Oxenfree was announced? Do you think that's a coincidence? Anyway, a bunch of other games were announced uh, during the showcase. You can see the full list over at fanby.com. My guest this week is one of our beloved podcast producers, uh, and I don't, he's just one of one of the very best people on earth, and I've worked with him in some capacity for the better part of a decade, which is a really wild thing to say. It's Jordan Mallory. Hi, Jordan. Hi, hello. Hi. Thank you for the sweet and succinct intro. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. I love I love me a, an intro that gets to the point and doesn't meander around for wow, a while. Wow, thank you so much. I really appreciate that feedback about my introductions to my guests on the show. Called Thanks yeah, for the Knowledge. I, well, I thought it was great. Yeah. Um, hey, this past week on another podcast that you don't produce, mm-hmm. uh, Friends Reunion, um, I, uh, I told a story about Bucky's and I'm not going to retell that story because you can go listen to that episode over on the fringe reunion f- feed. And I, I recommend that you do so, but Please I, go. I want to start this conversation by asking you what a Bucky's is and then we okay. can talk about it. Okay. Well, a Bucky's is like a mega truck stop. Okay. Like a, like an ultra, a giga convenience store. Mm-hmm. Take anything that, so you're on a road trip uh-huh. and you need to stop somewhere for gas or to use a bathroom or to buy bugles to put on your fingers. Um, You might be hungry for something else. You might need an energy drink or 
like cotton candy bubble yum flavored <laughs> bubble gum. Sure. Uh, some air fresheners, Paul says, any of these things. Uh, and so you'll you'll just stop at a 7-Eleven, right? right? You'll you'll take the exit off the interstate and stop at a 7-Eleven. Yeah. Uh, they might have like, if it's a bigger one, they might have like 12 gas pumps. Sure. And two and like two two bathrooms. Right. If you are in the southwest, yes. There every hundred miles or so along the major interstates, you may find yourself encountered encountered by or with a Bucky's. Spelled B U C dash E E apostrophe S. <laughs> the dash throws people off. It does. Um, it does. In fact, in fact, if I had not have encountered one recently, I would not have spelled <laughs> it that way. Like if you just asked me. And yeah, I was like, no, wow, it, took- it does have a hyphen in it, huh? I had to learn this also. Um, I stop at a Bucky's every time I go visit my parents, which admittedly has only been twice in the last year. Uh, but it is. So in comparison, a Bucky's has probably over a hundred gas pumps. It yeah. is a, it is a football field of gas pumps. It is huge. Yes. It is enormous. And the store itself is of a comparable size and will have dozens and dozens of, stalls and urinals for your use yes uh it has every snack that you could possibly want it has a um it has a barbecue facility inside yeah that is churning out sliced and chopped barbecue sandwiches and that was a new one for me because i felt like i I felt like i had been to one that was really just kind of a like an overgrown 7-Eleven, like you said. But the one mm-hmm. I went to last week was, it had the barbecue station, which I had not seen before. Yeah, that may not be a universal feature then. Um, most but of it, the ones that I've, the ones, all the ones that I've been to have had this. But So you can get a chopped barbecue sandwich. You can buy, uh, they make their own jerky, which is very good, but also yeah. very expensive as yeah. bespoke jerky is. Um, but yeah, and their mascot is a beaver named yeah. Bucky. Mm-hmm. And he wears a friendly T-shirt and a trucker cap, mm-hmm. and he's got some big old beaver teeth. Mm-hmm. And if you want something with Bucky on it, they have it, mm-hmm. regardless of what it is. Mm-hmm. They have all the usual accoutrement shirts, caps, etc. You can get a Bucky mask nowadays. Um, and then they also, depending on the Bucky's, the rest of the store is also a uh, sort of down home southwestern Texas style gift shop, right? For I'm on my way to, uh, I'm on my way to visit my sister and her kids, and <laughs> I need some kind of gift for my nine year old niece's birthday that I forgot about, <laughs> and so they've got like such a weird, it's such a specific use for the Bucky's, <laughs> so so, uh, so specific. I always I, I always remember my sister's kids' birthdays. This is just hypothetical, <laughs> okay, but um. But like it's like a step up from like a pharmacy or convenience store toys, but they've got right. toys, you know. Um, yeah. So it's like if you or if you've ever been to a um, a Cabela's, like imagine the sure. gift shop part of a Cabela's, but without all the murder stuff in it. Right. Yeah. With that. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. It, 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 imagine the murder vibe without any of the tools. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, There's, and they'll sell you it. like a, a wooden sign that says. um like my home is huge because it's Texas or something. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. 100%. Yeah. 
big, bigger hair means closer to God. And then it's like, and then it says, <laughs> yeah, Bucky's exactly. at the bottom. Um, yeah. Yeah, the one I went to. Listen, I think I've been to Bucky's which, twice, which is wild okay. to me. Because yeah, because you lived in Texas forever. You yeah, grew forever. Up here. Yeah, and I've, I think I've only been to Bucky's twice. And the first time I went, it was at three in the morning. And yeah, they are twenty four hours. What a what a, when I went to the Bucky's at three in the morning, I I had every positive thought you could have about a place. I was like, mm-hmm. it's big, it's spacious. I can get anything. What do you want? You can have it. It's here. And, and I loved that experience when I went to the one in Melissa, Texas, uh, on a Sunday, like after church morning. Oh, that's a bad time. You don't want to go. Oh, that's a terrible time to go to a Bucky's. Yeah. That's not it. Especially Uh, in the, especially I was about to say in the middle, but you know what, frankly, yeah, let's just say in the middle of a pandemic, uh, not a great scene, especially in Texas. No, I went um, after my vaccine dose. I waited a bit and went to go visit my folks yeah. for the first time in six months because yeah. they're totally done up now. And uh, there were like, this is like a Monday afternoon yeah. at like six. Sure. And there were like 150 people at this Bucky's. Yeah. And maybe a full third of them were not wearing masks. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And it's the middle of nowhere. And so it's definitely not just that, like, oh, the majority of these people are already vaccinated because we're not oh, pumping no. out that many vaccines. No. Uh, and the closer I got to my parents, the fewer masks I of saw. Course. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, that's just how they live. I mean, not my parents. My parents wear masks. But yeah, of course. like the the small North Texas town that they live in. Yeah. That's just the reality that those people have is that they don't wear masks. Yeah. They haven't for the entire thing. And they just like still eat inside at restaurants, like everything's fine, and then mm-hmm. all of them get COVID. Mm-hmm. It's pretty wild. Yep, and a lot um, of them aren't planning on getting vaccinated either. I know. I've been reading a lot of those statistics, and they're very scary. I'll say they are alarming. It's getting smaller. Yeah. Um. As I think, as people get, as people know people who get vaccinated, yeah. they feel okay about it too. Uh, and then they also just see how good your cell phone reception gets yeah. after you after you get the vaccine. Yeah. And they want that. I think there are a lot of reasons why why Texas is bad. I mean, I, there, there really are. Like, oh, that, to- that, yeah. that, that kind of thing and just the overall politics and the fact that, like, you know, basically everyone at, at, that has any sort of real political power in that in that state are either uh, evil or corrupt or both. Um, yeah, like and genuinely so too. They're not just shitty politicians. Right. They're like actually bad. Yeah, yeah. And um, um, that's and uh, you've also got to deal with the bizarre now being hyper aware of the bizarre construction of the energy grid and the fact yeah. that it is completely segregated from the rest of the nation uh-huh. and physically incapable of borrowing energy if it needs it. Correct. Um, that's also a problem that you have to worry about. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole thing. The whole thing's too damn big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is uh blasphemy to I, say it, but it's true though but it is true from austin i could drive a full day in any direction and still be in texas oh 100 percent. yeah that's too big that's too, <laughs> it's big. too big it's too big i th- I and think most of it is you don't need oh most like of it ma- you don't need there's so much of it i i would say in the kind of the middle and the west yeah the majority of west texas that's is just, a it's nothing it's a fucking blasted out nuclear wasteland yeah like you drive i drove through there 
the the I lived in California for a year and a half, and on my way to California for the first time, I took the West Texas route. Same, and it's just not, nothing. Like it's Fallout New Vegas. I, I, is I, what it looks like, and, and without any of the charm of Fallout New Vegas. <laughs> yeah, there's not even robots or yeah, anything. It's but, just it's just wandering around the wasteland until you die. Because to that's be all West Texas is. To be unbelievably clear, I, I would uh, Ann and I would drive to Las Vegas every I don't know nine months when we lived in L.A. Mm. and it, it, which I don't recommend, but but uh, <laughs> but like. The first time I realized that most of those land, I mean, this is such a stupid thing to realize that they just based it off of actual geography. Mm-hmm. But, but like when I realized that most of those stops that you actually go to in New Vegas were just stops along that highway there, mm-hmm. um, it blew my mind. And I was like, this is so fun. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, well, maybe I should really pay attention next time I drive through West Texas and it might have the same charm. And it doesn't. No, it doesn't. There's no. just nothing. There's nothing. No, there's nothing there. And it's nothing. It's a it's like a not it's not even like an interesting. It's nothing. not it's an a, interesting nothing. It's a nihilistic nothing. Yeah, because eventually every hundred miles or so you'll roll through a genuine ghost town that is just abandoned buildings and shacks and like what was a town square, you know, 80 years uh-huh. ago yes. and has not been touched or lived in. Since uh, the Great Depression, probably. Yeah. Uh, And that's real and that's there. And those vestiges of that. And they've never been uh, rejuvenated. No one has ever moved back in. And it's just like a hopeless place where people suffered and died and then was forgotten about. Yeah. And that's West Texas. Right. Yeah. And then you hit El Paso and And there's life El Paso and there's stuff. Yeah. 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 And then you you cross over the... uh, you cross over the Pecos and then you're in New Mexico and suddenly everything is green and there's these gorgeous sunsets and, and all that stuff. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's not a great drive while you're still in Texas. No, it's not. And I mean, and, and, and uh, Paul just put Paul, our producer, hi Paul, just put hi, in Paul. chat. I would love to see that. And, and like, I don't, I don't know how it's to morbidly fascinating. I don't, yeah, I don't know how to describe it. I don't regret it, but I would also not do it again. Yeah, for um, real. It's it's yeah. existentially challenging in a way that I had not encountered before. And I'm a big driver. Like I drive a mm-hmm. lot. Like I take mm-hmm. a lot of road trips and I'm always driving my friends around and things like Even that. Even if you're not going very far, you still drive a lot you, yeah. on the way from where you are to where like even if you're just going half an hour down the road, you fit a lot of driving into that half an hour. Correct. Um and, and I'm, like, dr- I'm dragging uh John, because he's a very aggressive driver. I, I, you know what? I don't know if I am anymore. But really, yeah, it has been. I, it it a has been a while. Time since uh, but, I've ridden with you. You know what's really funny is that when I first learned to drive, um, all my friends kind of made fun of me because I was too cautious. And then um, about the time you would have started driving in cars with me. That's mm-hmm. when another friend of mine who had known me for a very long time told me that they were afraid to be in the car with me. And I was like, wait, what really? And they were like, yeah, you're like super aggressive now. And I was like, yeah. wait, how did that, wh- what are you talking about? When did that happen? And now I don't think I am anymore. I think I'm just yeah, kind of like kind of mellow back out. Yeah. I'm, I'm mellow. And I think did what that did it while you were in LA. It did. And I'll tell you exactly what did it y'all. Okay. And I really hope no one in the, uh, uh, Southern the, the California um, correct like like uh, law enforcement agencies listen to this. <laughs> um, I basically drove illegally there for like three and a half years. 
Cool. So I think I was always very scared of being pulled over. So I just was a, a model citizen driver while I was there. Um, I'll tell you what happened too, is that I did, I, I registered my car once and it was $350 <laughs> and, yeah. and then, um, when they, when I moved once and they neglected to forward me the thing that says you need to register, I just kind of fucking forgot about it for a while. Mm-hmm. And then when I realized I hadn't renewed it, I just went, I don't really want to pay $350 to do this again. So I just, I just didn't, I just didn't, um, just didn't do that. You know how much it costs in Arkansas to register your car? $45. $27. Yes. Man. That's um yeah, I got the I got my car registered recently. Uh it had been it had gone up since the pandemic, basically. Uh Uh and yeah, with the at with the in Texas you have to be inspected before they'll register. Correct. Right. And so with the inspection, I had a bunch of stuff that I needed, like an oil change and new right. wiper blades and stuff. I think it was like a hundred bucks. Yeah. That's like not kind bad. of the whole thing. But that's in Austin. Yeah. Right. And like we're going to have stricter rules. And you have to have um, a smog check in LA too, in California. You do. Yeah. Which is like, well, and, and yeah, the ins- you ha- you need the smog-, smog check. You don't need the inspection. Correct. In LA, or at least whenever I live there. That's correct. Yeah. 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 And so like, your car could be a complete death trap, not say, not fit for the road or for other people mm-hmm. to be around. But, but as if, long as it's but if not its emissions out, are fine, <laughs> yeah, if its emissions are fine, then it's fine. It's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you see, you do see a lot of those death traps on the highways. There oh, totally. In LA. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've touched on a couple of things about Texas that are bad, or mm-hmm. at least like not great. But I, I, it's rare that I talk with someone, especially on a show like we have on the family mm-hmm. podcast network about the good things about Texas, because I, I am, I am a weirdly um, as I, I, I hate Texas because I love it so mm-hmm. much. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in this. I'm, I think we're in the same boat. I think like, we are I, for as much shit as I talk about how Texas is and all the bad things about it. I genuinely love Texas. Me too. And like, I have that inexplicable Texas pride. I do too. That, that Texans grow up with mm-hmm. and are like instilled with that. Yep. Like, there is just something intrinsic to Texas that is ephemeral and ephemeral and cannot be explained. Yeah. And if you aren't from Texas, you just don't get it. Yeah. I, and that's real. Like, like it's people real. say that and that's the joke, but that shit's also real. It's really true. And I think yeah. it's, and in one, I, I, if we, if we drill down enough, um, we could probably trace it to some of the really buck wild shit that we got yeah. in the school system, you know? Yeah. Um, which yeah, is like, you do have to take a Texas history, uh-huh. a year of Texas history, mm-hmm. um, in during your public school education down here. Uh-huh. I don't think any other state does that. I, I really doubt or it. At, le- at least not the way that Texas does it. No. Because it's very much like it's, it's, it is, um, I don't remember most of it, but I remember that it, totally exemplified how awesome texas is and that it rules all the time and that it rules and it does super rule we're um, indi- but we're, I think, and we're independent and we got gumption and yeah we got we got guff you yeah. know like we can um we we can uh heat up our chili on the range if we need to yeah. you know like yeah. like that's there's sort of that attitude still of like well those are like in t- those other states are relying on each other in Texas. We can take care of ourselves. Uh huh. 
which is bad. Like, which, like, which is not only bad, but but demonstrably incorrect, right? Like, I, yeah, I think, oh, like, totally. We like we just learned two months ago <laughs> you're incapable we, of keeping the lights on. Totally incapable of taking care of ourselves uh-huh. on like a, a functional infrastructure government level. Mm-hmm. Completely inept. Yet the and, state, yet the state is completely obsessed with California in that regard. Like, oh I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think, like you know, you you and I can both like. I know you did not enjoy your time in California, and I think no, old, I, you told, I think you put it to Nikki once that I. You think you told Nikki once that I did not thrive in California. <laughs> yeah, well, that's yeah, I think, I think what that's you accurate. said, and that's yeah. yeah, that's completely true. Yeah, and um, I, I think a lot of people don't because I think no. it's a very harsh place to 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 try to thrive right yeah well in los angeles especially like i think if maybe i think if maybe i had been somewhere else in california it wouldn't have been so bad but la is just such a rough place it's rough it's a rough every everyone there is miserable yeah i i don't know if i knew a single happy person in los angeles i think it's i think it's bizarre there's a uh there's kind of a there, there are either people that are visibly miserable or there's a sheen, right? There's like a, yeah, there's exactly. a veneer and, of performative, like, Hey, sun's out, guns out. Like mm-hmm. love the fucking sun in LA. This is great. And then just like, just a, a millimeter under that. It's like, I have not had steady work in nine months. I mm-hmm. am, you know, it's like, it's like, and that's the story for almost everyone there. That's true. But yeah. And Oh, go ahead. But, oh, I was just going to say that, like, the thing that there's just so much there that the, how do I put this? Everyone is either suffering or not doing anything about it. <laughs> like, those okay. are the two, those are the two coin, two sides of the LA coin, mm-hmm. right? Is that you've got, like, you've got people who are emotionally and, uh, economically unfulfilled. You've right. got people who have been completely abused and discarded by the system. Which mm-hmm. system? Pick one. Pick There's one. a representative there sure. who's been fucked by it. That's probably true. Yeah. Um, and you also have more than enough money to solve all of these problems, mm-hmm. or at least make a meaningful dent in all of these problems. And you don't. And that money is instead being used to buy a third Bentley for some like upper middle level producer at a movie studio right who hates you right yeah and the, like those are the two two kind like you're that those are the two ends of the LA spectrum yeah and you're if you live in LA you're somewhere on there mm-hmm. and there's no good part of that spectrum like yeah. even if you're in the middle somewhere where like you're not suffering as bad as these people are and you don't have you're not like actively injecting more malice into the world like these people are right the gray area in between that is still like well i'm confronted with suffering and dirt all the time and (laughs) this city is but ugly and there's nothing good here and i'm just trying to make it yeah i guess i'll i guess i'll go back to my apartment that i hate that is very old and infested (laughs) with vermin um and that's also you know twenty seven hundred dollars a month or whatever and um tell my girlfriend about you know the like insane thing that happened to me in the ralph's parking lot uh-huh uh and then we'll kind of be scared together for a minute and then pretend that it didn't happen right and then go about our lives and that's la that's yeah. what la is if you're lucky that's what la is yeah <laughs> 
Hey Paul, can you can you just take that entire like three minutes and just like that's gonna be the clip, and then we're just gonna we're gonna cut it and print it, and it's gonna be great. Um, no apologies to LA. I know there are people who genuinely love that town. Sure, like I and, 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 and I really and, enjoy being there, and I just I just couldn't understand it. And I, I still don't, can't understand it. I don't think I had that experience, but I mean, I did have like. I, I did have little things like like Anne and I Anne looked at me this morning actually because we had just planned on uh like we're both vacuumed so we're we're actually mm-hmm. kind of venturing out and doing things again and and uh and she kind of was like we kind of stopped doing new stuff in L A huh and I was like yeah for the last like two years there we just didn't do much because it was so miserable to get out in it. Yeah, and do just doing the bare the the basic stuff that you need to function is exhausting. It's pretty exhausting. Like that's pretty much been the big like people ask me what it's like being in Fayetteville and I you know, I'm and I'm pretty honest with folks. It's like I don't think I'm going to be here for a long time to be mm-hmm. honest, but it is pretty uh and mm-hmm. it is cheap and it is easy to get places. And yeah. and right now that feels pretty good. Um Yeah, like there are people who have lived in LA their whole lives that don't know what it's like to not go be to the there gro- to go to the grocery store and back sure. and it be like a 25 minute process. Uh-huh, right. Yeah. And there are people who live in, in like Fayetteville or rural Texas or even Austin who can go to the store and back in half an hour and don't know that that's like your whole afternoon in uh-huh. Los Angeles. Right. Yeah. Yeah, there's uh the, there's a chain here called Harps. And harps. the harps by our house is pretty bad, but there's a harps in West Fork, which is 10 miles away. Mm-hmm. Can you fucking imagine being in Los Angeles and going <laughs> 10, go miles 10 miles away somewhere? Somewhere? Because that no, is, that is several hours of your day. Yeah. Um, that's so much time. And for us, it's like, it's kind of a no brainer just to go to the one that's 10 miles away because yeah. there's no friction. And that's, I think that's like, I'm going to, I swear I'm going, we're going to loop this back around to Texas in a second. I did get onto the Los Angeles thing, but it's like, I do think that's the thing that's the most noticeable about not being in LA is that friction is so much less of a thing mm-hmm. like everywhere else. Well, and that's the, another thing about that could be better in LA, but isn't because of where the money goes. Correct. Yeah. And yeah. it's like LA doesn't have to be, such a rough place in that regard of like just living there is right. is a hassle and is tedious. Right. It could have better public. It could have more than one train that just goes up and down and that's it. Oh, we could have is, great public transport, but it has some of the worst public transport in, in, in the country. It's terrible. Yeah. Which is, and Austin also has really terrible public transport. Yeah. Uh, but it, it is very funny to me that Austin saw LA's one train and thought, that's a pretty good That's idea. A pretty good idea. What if we had one useless train? Let's do it. Um, that went up and down, and that's it. But and I, then we did that. I do. I do want to say like a couple things. the The Texas Pride thing is real, and like yeah. I don't have any. I don't have it in me at all to have like some sort of American pride. I don't have no, that. Not anymore. None. I, none. I think when I was in my teens, I had American pride, but like it's I probably long dead. Right. It's yeah. super dead. It was probably nine 11. I probably, I think nine 11, I had uh pride and then I saw mm-hmm. our reaction to nine 11 and I was like, Oh man, this fucking sucks. <laughs> and I think it's just been dead since then, honestly. Yeah. 
And yeah. for me, the Texas thing, like if I can't really get a tattoo because I have uh, implants in my spine. And if I get a tattoo, there's a chance I could get a really bad infection. Or oh, at least wow. that's what they tell me. I don't know if that's true or not, but they did tell that's me. probably that. true. Hey, you know what? I don't know we why they put, would tell you that. If yeah, we should true. put it to the test. Uh, but oh, anyway. okay. Yeah, let's let's go get matching tattoos. And it, if you die, then I'll get a second matching tattoo. It, let's do it. Uh, yeah, like a, like a memorializing <laughs> tattoo Yeah, in, in case I don't make it. That's a good one. Um, <laughs> like, But if I had to get one tattoo, and this is so kind of embarrassing to say out loud in a way, but like. I think I would get a little Texas flag on my like wrist or something. I've like, thought about I think get, I would do that. I have that. also thought about getting a Texas tattoo. And I'm and like, I'm like, I, why, what but is like, that? When you think about it rationally, it's like, why, That's fucking why insane. would I ever do this? That's insane. But it's yeah, like, there's it's something, crazy. there's something about it. And I think for me, increasingly, it's the idea that it could be more and it could be yeah. better. And it could well, be. And that's the frustrating thing is right. that, is that like, I love Texas. Yeah. I have so much pride in like my family has been in Texas for five generations right. on my dad's side. Yeah. And like that means something to me. Yeah. And that probably is ridiculous to anybody from any other state, but that sure. genuinely does mean something to me. And when I see these people who refuse to accept even air quotes, common sense gun legislation, right. Which is, uh, which is to say ineffectual gun legislation, <laughs> uh, or like wear masks or get their kids vaccinated uh-huh. or like do like not even social like social health issues, but just like be shitty people uh-huh. or like continue to be racist or like not educate themselves or not allow themselves to be educated uh-huh. about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it makes me so mad that that is that that is the prevalent Texas attitude because that but that doesn't make Texas bad to me that means that those motherfuckers don't deserve Texas yeah I agree. Texas is too good for you mm-hmm. like if you aren't willing to give up everything in your life so that someone else's kid can enjoy another one of these like mind-bendingly beautiful mornings under the biggest sky that you will ever see in your GD life mm-hmm. like you don't deserve to be here you don't mm-hmm. deserve Texas mm-hmm. and um, it's, yeah, I don't, I don't under, I don't know where else to go with that. But like my, my grandpa on my dad's side, uh, had a five point star tattooed on his left arm with a ribbon over it that said Texas. Yeah. Uh, and I, and it's like the coolest shit ever. It's right. like the most classic grandpa tattoo. Right. And like, I have many times over, Thought about getting that or getting something close to that, right? Uh, if if we could find a solid, a clear enough photo of it to um, to give to somebody, but it's like the legacy of that state. You know, if we if we look back when America is dead in a hundred years mm-hmm. or whatever, yeah. <laughs> and twenty five years, and twenty five years maybe, um, like the legacy of that state. I think like there are so many things to look at and go like God, but like the the diversity of what we've been able to bring to everything like a mm-hmm. lot of mexican influence and like obviously like a lot of diverse kind of like pop culture influence and like sports and like all music and just a bunch of things that like i think i really love about texas and i can't i can't shake that from the identity that 
it has carved for itself that's so bad over the past, you know, however many years. But yeah. it's like, I don't know. It, it It is a place that confounds me and upsets me, but it's also a place that, you know, even driving into North Texas, which is not a fucking breathtaking experience. <laughs> no, that's not honest. the part of Texas that no. you write home about. No, but even driving driving back into that, I was like, ah, this is Texas. Like I yeah. can I can just see it. I can see I can see this is a place that, you know, I'm very sky's connected bigger. to. The sky's bigger. The sky's huge. I mean it's and, and like that that's not a that's not a colloquialism. No, it's not. Genuinely the sky is bigger here. No. And people and, don't like people don't understand that. It's difficult to explain. Mm-hmm. I think it has to do something with where Texas is in relation to it's well, like latitude on the planet. Well, and let's be honest, Jordo, it's just fucking flat as a board too. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of it is. So you hit the hill country. So you hit the hill country, the, and then that's also the hill pretty. Country. Yeah, yeah, it's got some real pretty hills. But uh, but yeah, like it's a cool place, and I just like what what do you think you take for granted in Texas? Like what what do you go back mm. to when you because you when you move back to Texas from LA? Mm-hmm. I'm sure you're like. Oh, thank God I have this again. Like what, what yeah, were some oh God, of those like things? I can't I can't even the amount of relief that I felt coming back to Texas after thinking I would maybe never Not. live in Texas again. Sure. Was immeasurable. Yeah. And that it didn't even occur to me like I don't think I I had this moment on the drive to California uh-huh. where it was like deep in West Texas <laughs> and um, it was evening and I don't remember what it was that I passed on the road out there, but I passed something that was like weird or interesting, or I wished I could have gotten a picture of, uh-huh. uh, and my initial reaction was, well, I'll, t- I'll remember that on the drive back. Mm-hmm. And then, it, then I realized there isn't going to be a drive back. Mm. I'm moving to California. Yeah. And at that point in the trip, I felt real different. Like it started, it, it, uh, it kind of hit me all at once that like, oh, this is like a big life change that I'm making now. This isn't like, uh, this is yeah. a potentially permanent, like this, who knows where my career is going to go at this point. Like, sure. you know, my girlfriend at the time, her academic career was entirely based in California and like, um, that could have been the rest of my whole life. So coming back to Texas was like one of, if it, it the Texas's embrace was almost as important as my family's in yeah. in terms of like, thank God I'm back home where it actually feels like home. Thank God things are the way that I grew up with. Yeah. Um, and as far as specifics of like, what is, what is the Texas thing that I took for granted? Um, people talk to each other here it's weird i think is a big thing isn't that and, wild it really yeah, and like it, that's really not a thing elsewhere yeah like i got to i got to la and would like say hi to the, the guy at the bodega or whatever whenever i came in and he'd uh-huh. look at me like i was a crazy person sure you know like yeah. i was a, um i had to train myself to stop saying howdy to yeah. people right because they like because it's fucking weird if he didn't it. understand it yeah yeah. And I and okay, that makes sense. Yeah, you know, like it's not Texas. People aren't going to say howdy. It's not going to make sense out there. That's that's a real thing about Texas is that people still say howdy as a greeting to each other, and it's normal, sure. right? And yeah, of just like 
people people being and I'm sure that this is a skewed experience because I'm a uh you know ostensibly cis white guy yeah that can go wherever I want in Texas without issue sure right you know so there are people who do not have this lived experience that's true um and yeah yeah it's it's just People it, it, are nice. It's it is it people is people are nice in Los Angeles. No, no, and I, and, and I think like uh, when we moved here uh, to Fayetteville, Arkansas, like I really had the expectation. So did Anne. I think you know she she grew up in Arkansas, but it had not lived here for a while. Um, we both kind of you know after a few encounters with people, we were like, huh. I think we expected it to be like Texas because it's mm-hmm. so close. No, is it not? Oh no 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 no. no. People have a weird. Uh, protective insular kind of vibe here. So mm. it's got the twang, mm-hmm. but none of the hospitality. Interesting. And so because they don't, they don't want you to know. They don't want you to know. They don't want you to know. They don't want yeah. you to know. And that's what the thing they don't, is that. I would, yeah. I never gave up saying my shit in, in LA. I would always mm-hmm. say, all right, y'all have a good one when I yeah. left somewhere, which people thought was nuts. If I would look back at a storefront <laughs> Or a restaurant, and I go, hey, y'all have a good one. Thanks. Yeah. They don't know. They would always anymore. look at me like, well, we, why are you thanking me again for? Fi- I just get get out of here. Our transaction's yeah, over. Like leave. that's how everyone would kind of treat me. But they would either be like, they would either be confused by it, or oh, right. you're a tourist. You're a tourist. You're a tourist. You're a tourist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a tourist. Yeah. Um, but but like you know, I, I, that is it is fundamentally strange and and it it was one of the things that everyone would tell me was very uniquely texan and i just kind of thought you're an idiot and you're from <laughs> texas and you think that you're special but yeah. it's kind of true like it is kind of really true haven't i've been to many states in this union and i don't think <laughs> any other state kind of just has this normalized talking to each other as strangers which is in a way more perplexing when you look at how uh disinterested the state is in making life easy for everyone yeah and you would it's think, totally incongruous you would because, think like, it doesn't yeah Sorry, just, go ahead. no i was just gonna say you would just think that everyone with this natural inclination to talk and be friendly and I, I don't even know if it's a fake friendly, although there is that bless your heart level of fake. Oh, friendly. yeah, totally. I mean, there is that. But like it is it is so incongruous, like you said, that that this massive group of people, millions of people can't figure out that their instinct to talk to each other everywhere and be nice should be extended to let's just fucking take care of each other. Yeah. Like you can't. Yeah, it's it's really weird. And like that is. I think I've been thinking about this a lot, actually, like kind of relatively recently about like where, where, where in the, where's the generational through line of, hey, of don't care about other people. Uh-huh. Where does sure. that come from? Yep. And I think here's, here's my theory. Mm-hmm. I have a theory. Here it is. Okay. And my theory is, so like, let's look at my own family as sort of a, a baseline for a lot of experiences that 
other Texas families had. Sure. And Papa, my mom's dad, Papa got drafted into World War II, was forced by the state to undergo intense physical and psychological training to become a soldier, was sent across the planet to kill people. Yes. And forced to walk from one side of Europe to the other to do it. Uh Uh-huh. And then was sent back home and said, all right, thanks. (laughs) Thanks for that. Thanks. Thanks for becoming a soldier because Mm -hmm. that's what being a soldier is Mm -hmm. and was back then. Yep. And then Papa got back home alive and said, I'm never going to let another motherfucker tell me what to do for the rest of my life. Mm. Because look at what happened. Mm. Because now I'm here. I had to do God knows what to win the war. Right. Mm-hmm. And I've got the fun action hero stories that I can tell the grandkids about the time that I outran the biplane or when Hollem ate all our eggs while we were getting bombed, which is a fun story. I'll tell that one on another podcast sometime. <laughs> um, but now the government says that I have to wear a seatbelt mm. and mm. The, they can go fuck themselves. Right. Papa wouldn't say that because he didn't swear in front of us. Right. But. And then you've got people like Papa telling their kids. Don't let them tell you. Don't ever let them tell you what to do. What to do. Right. They're going to come in and they're going to tell you what to do. Right. And it's you're going to, you know, out of fear of. Not wanting your children to end up scarred and, you know, tormented for the rest of your life or changed into a completely different person. Right. You're going to tell them, don't let them do this to you. Right. And then you have people coming in from the sidelines saying, not only are they telling you going to not only are they trying to tell you what to do, they're trying to tell you how to live. Right. Because they're saying like, oh, well, now you can't have Christmas Mm -hmm. or whatever. Now you can't say, like, now the... You're, you're, it's illegal to say Merry Christmas. It's now. illegal to say Merry Christmas now, <laughs> you know? And so I think, I really do think that, like, World War II and the Korean War and Vietnam, at like, the last three major conflicts that we had the draft for, I think what that did to people sent them back home with this mentality of, if you let the government tell you what to do, they will ruin you. Right. You are you are expendable, literally fodder to them. Right. And they will put you through emotional and physical torture in order to achieve their own ends, which is true. Right. That's true. Though all those things did happen. Right. And like, yeah, Papa came home alive, but a whole bunch of other people didn't. Right. And uh you know, he was a good man, but there was also a lot of anger in that house that probably came from his experiences in the war and we like sure. did not have any of the psychological support or even understanding at that point yet to deal with that stuff. Right. And I think that's, I think that's where a lot of the current emphasis on take care of yourself and fuck them comes from. Sure. Because it started as don't let the government make you kill people. Right. And then Which evolved see, you know what? Over- you know what? Seems good. That seems, yeah, like, a seems good, like a good That's a good should- line to draw, I feel yeah. like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I would not I would not enjoy the government <laughs> making me kill someone. I agree. That seems like something I want to avoid. Yeah. And over, you know, 60, 80 years, that has evolved to don't let the government tell you that other people matter. Right. 
And we got there through a lot of trauma and a lot of unresolved anger that was passed down generationally. Right. And we also got there through a lot of opportunists and evil people seeking to take that message and transform it into their own ends, which they did very successfully. Yeah, they did. And I think that's how, I think that's where it comes from. And so I think that's why we still have this Southern emphasis on friendliness and on family. Right. And on like your family matters and it's the only thing that really, that truly matters. Sure. And that is also a very old idea that comes from these generation, these old Southern entrenched generations of families that like lived through the great depression. Yes. And literally only had each other to rely on and were completely abandoned by their government and left for dead. Yeah. And, um, you know, which is another thing that like another sort of intrinsic Texas family thing is that like families are big in Texas too. Yeah. Because we like, Papa had 11 brothers and sisters. <laughs> right. Yeah. That he, that he solely was responsible for taking care of because his dad died and he had to he had to drop out of high school. Right. And work the farm. And like Granny grew up in the App Granny grew up in Appalachia digging turnips out of the ground. They were so poor. Mm-hmm. Hunting squirrels for dinner and shit mm-hmm. because during the Great Depression and uh, you just don't, you can't rely on anybody else other than your family sure. in situations like that. Right. And so then you teach your kids, your family's the only thing that matters. Right. And then they teach us, well, th- your family's the only thing that matters. <laughs> right. And, uh, and then you end up here. Where- but, the, but the world is smaller now, right? Yeah, the yeah, the world's I mean, def- you know, that's that I think that's really where Well, I think the world is I think the world is so much bigger is the issue, right? And because when your fan, when your world was the one acre that y'all've got, right. and your 11 brothers and sisters and you've got to feed them, that's right. your entire world. Sure. You don't have to worry about other families because they don't exist. Right. The Papa's uh, neighborhood shared one phone line, right, for the entire neighborhood, right, and they had special. You would ring someone manually by turning a crank on the on the side of the phone, <laughs> and they knew which house was being called based on the pattern that people would crank. <laughs> wow! Because phone numbers hadn't been invented yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That's how big their world was. Right, right. And so now my world includes my family. It includes your family. It includes Paul. It includes all of our coworkers. Yeah. It includes the families of everyone that I know and love and still care about from my childhood. Right. It includes the families of random people that I see on Twitter. Right. Or uh, whose GoFundMe's come across my timeline. Sure. Like our worlds are so big now that the idea of well, your family is the only thing that matters doesn't function anymore. Well, no, but but like I I but I wonder why. I mean, I kind of know why, but, but I wonder why, especially with, with Texas, I mean, with, with exactly this inclination to be, uh, to be friendly, mm-hmm. um, which again, I mean, you had kind of made this point earlier. I think, I think to some extent that courtesy is extended to most Texans and to some extent 
my experience as a white person is very different from a lot of people, but I still have observed friendliness in many kinds and hospitality in many kinds that do stretch across those lines. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, my experience is obviously different from many people's, but I do want to just say like, as the world gets more, as Texans get introduced to more of the world, I, I struggle to find why that inclination to be friendly and forgiving and hospitable isn't extended to, uh, to more people than it is seemingly, which I think is, that's just the really tough nut for me to crack. It is. And like, I don't know if they know. Yeah. I don't know if they know either. And, and like, there's so much that is, um, just the way that you're brought up and you never think about it. Sure. And you're never confronted with a reason to think about it. Yeah. And, you would probably change if educated or, you know, your, um, your experiences were a little bit broader. Right. But, um, like we were talking about this, I don't remember what stream it was. It may have been a merit souls. Um, we were talking about anime and how I said that like sailor, I, I said that sailor moon was not popular in the U S until tsunami. Right. And LB was like, well, that's totally not true. We, we all knew about sailor moon in the nineties. And mm. the difference there is that LB grew up in, in Southern California right. and I grew up in rural Texas. Correct. Yeah. And I don't know if I had even seen an Asian person in real life until I was yeah. a teenager. Right, right, right. And you Southern, know? Southern California is very different. Yeah. 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 And yeah. so like, how do you take someone who grew up in that kind of situation? And mm. if they stayed in rural Texas still may have not ever seen a real Asian person. Yeah. It's possible. That's a, like a real possibility. That's a, yeah. That's wild, but it's true. Yeah. It's insane to think about, but it's there are people out there living who have only ever seen other white people in their town. Yep. And yep. how do you take that person and say actually say no actually everything is so much more connected and important than you've right. been told it is. Yeah. Because to them nothing is connected to them. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Like, like I think it's like that stretch of West Texas but for a person Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, how do you, like, their town is not part of any larger infrastructure. Yeah. It doesn't get support from the government or from other towns. There's one Walmart and that's it. Right. You know, like. It's it's unbelievably difficult to introduce culture to a culturally desolated place. Like, yeah. it's a, There are huge culture deserts in America yeah. still. Right. And, but then, you know, you get mad at these people on Facebook and expect them to totally understand and be on the same far leftist page as you are. Sure. And then get mad about like, well, these ignorant, these ignorant Southern, these ignorant Texans, they just don't want to learn. And it's like, well, no, there's just no one to teach them. Yeah. And no one is willing to teach them I, and I because do think, you get mad at them on the internet and then block them instead of talking to them about and, it. And, and I do think that is that, that is something that like, you know, until you've seen that it is, really difficult to understand because I do, I do feel like there are folks that have not lived in places like this or been to them and you can still have your, you can absolutely still understandably feel an animosity toward those viewpoints. And I, and I, and I, and I do like, I need to be very clear about that is that like, 
that is the thing I struggle with a lot is feeling this animosity while still seeing these pockets of America that like they, they, they genuinely, genuinely looking you, the listener in the eye, they genuinely have not had any sort of meaningful experience to like process this shit like on any level because it has not been introduced to them in a way that, you know, makes sense. Like, and, and I think like it is not an excuse for a lot of their viewpoints or behavior. It's really not, but it's also, but I think like looking for why pockets of America are like this is important and not like neglecting to establish that and trying to like figure out ways to change that. Like, I think, I think that's important. I think you're right. I think a lot of people dismiss that instead of saying like, actually like how can we actually introduce this information to these people where it's not so fucked up to them because they've never ever experienced anything like it before yeah it's like you can't take somebody who's never seen a black person in their whole life and start talking to them about marxism right like you gotta you you can't skip the steps i i know you have to there's a there's a there's a growth process yeah and i feel like i see a lot of frustration on the internet when someone is a lot further along in their growth pro- growth process than someone else is sure. and they don't have the patience for it. Yeah. Or and like, they're like, why isn't this person as developed in this as I am? And believe me, I tr- I tried to remember where I was in my growth process when I was 18. Oh, I was it, a real piece it, of shit. And it by, wasn't by like our yeah. modern today standards. John, I was not a good person. Oh, sure. Around. Same. Same. I mean, yeah. and, and, and it's high like five. high five. Yeah. I mean, like, I think, and I think a lot of people, like, I think a lot of people I know even are in the same mm-hmm. boat and, but I do see some of them kind of neglect, neglect that person. They forget about that person. I'm like, no, nah, don't forget about that person. Like, don't when forget they, about, actively- don't forget about that dirt bag that you were 20 years ago. Like, don't oh, forget yeah. about it because yeah. it's important for you to remember the dirt bag that you were. And some people aren't dirt bags. Like some people just got got plucked from the ground and they've been genuine saints for 30 years or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's great. But like those people are real. Those people are real. But like, but yeah, the only, a lot the only of reason us I'm a halfway good person now is because I was surrounded by other good. I was surrounded by better people who were willing to yes. help me. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I, I had friends that were not very nice to me about some of the things that I thought, and you know mm -hmm. what? They were right. Like, it's not that they dismissed me, but they weren't very nice to me about some of these things. And did that change my mind a little bit? You goddamn right. It did because I I started to see that people I love you. Yeah. That people I loved though, were like this thing that you think is not how the world actually is. And it hurts people to think of things this way. And, and that actually worked for me. Like I started to really change my mind about a lot of fundamental stuff. And, you know, as someone who grew up in Texas in these like pockets where there wasn't a lot of culture, I mean, there there was that kind of cultural desolation of just this, like this, (laughs) this nothingness, whiteness, this, this Mm -hmm. nothing. And, and it, it, I, it was only because I was surrounded by people who were willing to, uh, to push me. Right. And I think like, yeah, that is hard. And it's hard to like see these pockets of America that continue to not have that for them, but I don't know how to deliver that to them either. You know? Yeah. Um, And I, I I think that in part they, it's not our responsibility to necessarily, 
But I do think that, like, I don't know whose it is. Uh, yeah, government infrastructure, <laughs> I guess. I mean, like, like I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know whose it is. Like, I don't think it's, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, That's I don't hard. know. I don't anyway. know, John. I don't know why people are friendly, but still don't want like friendly to friendly whenever you come around their place of business or run into them somewhere, but then still don't want to. They don't think you're a person. Right. Yeah, they still don't think that you're a person who has a right to live. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's fucked up. It's bad, um, and it's sad. But it is uniquely Texan. It feels like yeah. Uh, part part of that. Part of that rich tapestry God. that makes Texas yeah. what it is. Real, we've been going for a while. Real quick, yeah. I feel like you were about to wrap up. I wanted Probably. to see if you agree with something about okay. Texas with sure. me. I think there are two accurate representations of Texas in modern media. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, hit me. I know, I know one of them. Do you, you know one of, them. one of you them? You know is, one of them. One of them is King of the Hill. Yeah, King of the Hill is okay. dead. Is dead on. Yep, it's the most accurate representation of Texas probably ever. Agreed. Um, everything about it that you think is a ridiculous caricature. No, that's just, that's actually right. Yeah. Every, every, every reverent thing it ever says about the Dallas Cowboys is basically like, (laughs) you know, Tom Landry and Roger Staubach and yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's all, it's all correct. Yes. Uh, the other one is Sandy Cheeks from SpongeBob SquarePants. Ah, see, if I had seen one single episode of SpongeBob SquarePants, I'd be SpongeBob like, is good, John. I'm just telling you, I, I haven't fucking watched the show. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I feel like I am like three years, yeah, out of that pocket. Like, yeah. I'm, I missed Barney and I missed SpongeBob. Yeah, and and uh, I was like right on the tail for both of them. Okay, like Sp- SpongeBob was new, right? Right. right when I was starting to like age out of Nicktoons a little bit. Sure. And it stuck with me because I had seen it when I was the right age. Yeah. Uh, same for Barney. Barney was like right when I was kind of a little, and you're a little bit older than I am. So that tracks. I'm looking but, at Sandy um, Cheeks. All right. So Sandy Cheeks is this little fucking what chipmunk and a goddamn. She's a squirrel. Okay. <laughs> she's a squirrel that lives in bikini bottom, but sure, she, sure, sure. um, she's got like a, a diver suit mm-hmm. and, um, her, uh, her home is an is like a glass dome that's filled with filled with air and has a tree in uh-huh. it. Um, now, but vo- she's she's from Texas, voiced by Carolyn Lawrence. And do you know where Carolyn Lawrence is from? Uh, Plano. I'm gonna guess. No, Baltimore, Maryland. Really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Balti- so. Baltimore, I consider as kind of a Texas satellite. <laughs> oh, okay. Location. It's it's um, the, it's the Texas of the Northeast. Yeah, because sure. Uh, because Papa went and built ships in Baltimore for. A while. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So that's why. That's why the wire. Everyone's got this kind of twang in their in their voice. <laughs> yeah. 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 And what's his name has a cowboy hat on the whole, the whole time. Well, McNulty. I don't yeah, think Nick- that. I don't think that's proper protocol for wiretapping. <laughs> well, I don't know, Bunk. Yeah, I don't think that's, I don't remember that from the wire. But we'll. Uh, I'll check the tape. <laughs> yeah, it's go look. It's right there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jordan, thanks for talking to me about Texas. Yeah, thanks for having me on, John. Uh, this was great. <laughs> all right. I'll see you all later.
I would call this week's news pretty slow for the most part. So let's take what's left and mash it all up in the segment and call it a done deal, huh? I've got a vacation to take. Ubisoft confirmed this week that they'll be part of the official E3 2021 festivities with an Ubisoft Forward presentation on June 12th at noon Pacific. Despite Assassin's Creed Valhalla releasing some acclaim at the beginning of the next-gen console cycle, I wouldn't classify Ubisoft as having a particularly great year. In fact, between sexual misconduct allegations and investigations, as well as disappointing performances from major franchises like The Division and Ghost Recon, I'd say Ubisoft could use a dub. Maybe they'll unveil a new Star Wars game in hope that we'll all shut up about the gross men in their organization. Evan Wells, president of Naughty Dog, emphasized this week that the company is not working on a new Jack and Daxter video game at the moment. Now, why would Evan Wells say this, you might be asking? Well, it's because he gets that question all the time, apparently. During a conversation with Insomniac Games' Ted Price as part of an Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences event, Wells said, quote, We've had a couple of Twitter campaigns where people have been tweeting us every day saying, I want a new Jack and Daxter. I want a new Jack and Daxter. And they aren't just simple 280 character tweets. They have photoshopped memes and everything they're including on a daily basis. And the effort has got to be significant. And I hate to break it to them, but we do not have Jack and Daxter here in development right now. But we still love the characters. And I see what you guys and Insomniac are doing with Ratchet. And it makes me wish that we did. And we would have one in development because there's still a lot of love for Jack and Daxter in the studio, end quote. You have to wonder, between The Last of Us and Uncharted and all that really bleak content that they've made over the past decade, uh, some corners of that company have to be chomping at the bit to make something a bit lighter, right? Have you played those games lately, by the way? They still hold up, seriously. Uh, I would love to see something from Naughty Dog that wasn't so capital S serious. We can dream. We might be dreaming for a while but we can dream. Uh, Nintendo is releasing a new Switch Lite model that they're calling Blue. It appears to be purple to my eyes, but what do I know? I'm just a 35-year-old who talks about Mario for a living. Uh, this thing is going to cost you 200 bucks, and it's out on May 21st. Uh, finally, CD Projekt's Adam Kaczynski told Reuters this week that their team has no plans to give up on Cyberpunk 2077. Though the game's launch was nothing short of a disaster, leading to the game's removal from the PlayStation Digital Storefront, they took it off the store. it's still a massive AAA video game from a story developer that sold extremely well. Kaczynski believes that they can, quote, bring the game to such a state that we can be proud of it and therefore successfully sell it for years to come, end quote. Hey, before I go, I want to talk about some stuff you can find on our website and podcast network this week and next week. What a concept, right? Uh, if you like Nikki Grayson, LB Hunk Tears, or the person you're listening to right now, uh, you might like Friends Reunion, a podcast for discerning listeners. This past Monday's episode was a wild one, and the one launching on April 19th is even better. There's no continuity. Just jump in wherever you want. Uh, this month's is Swayze Month on You Love to See It, our movie and TV show rewatch podcast. The past episode was all about Ghost, and you can get ahead of the episode dropping on April 22nd by watching Dirty Dancing. You'll have the time of your life. Our RPG podcast, 99 Potions, is all about Mass Effect right now. We had guest Eric Van Allen on uh, over at Destructoid and the Normandy FM podcast uh, to talk about the first game in the trilogy, and we had a blast revisiting some of our favorite moments and characters. It's a great way to get hyped for the Legendary Edition. We'll also be talking about Mass Effect 2 and 3 in the coming weeks. 
If you like streams, you can go to twitch.tv slash fanbyte and check out Merit Souls, the Monday and Friday show where Merit K plays through the Dark Souls series. She recently started on Dark Souls 3, but you can check out the archives over at youtube.com slash fanbyte to see what you've missed. We have so much more going on over at fanbyte.com, and I think you should go there right now and hang out and read the good words that you see. And that's going to do it for this week's episode. I want to thank Jordan Mallory for stopping by, having a really great conversation about Texas. That was a, a lot of fun. Uh, you can check out Jordan's uh, uh, Twitter over at Jordan underscore Mallory. Uh, if you want to check out our podcast producer, Paul Tamayo's Twitter, you can do so over at Polly Mayo. What's up, Paul? Uh, and if you want to check out my Twitter, you can do so over at Floppy Adult. You should check out podcastnet.org to check out all of our podcasts. And until next week, you're welcome, y'all. Thank you.